All right, welcome to another episode of Old School Thoughts, and thank you for all that you do to make this podcast possible. I am Frank Goodman. And Martha. Martha, another yes. week has gone by. Another week seems like a year. You gave a three-part series on We Are Not Merchants. Right. We also went through Juneteenth. Yes. And when we went through Juneteenth, we both agreed that there were three phases that we needed to focus on that we did not do universally. Right. And those were, one, you had to, it was a new beginning because you were released from from slavery. Mm -hmm. Number two, they were expecting full equality. Equality Mm -hmm. of the law, equality to vote, equality of everything. They expected those two things. And then the third, they were looking for reconnection. Reconnecting with family members that were just sold the day before, the week Mm -hmm. before, the month before, the year before. Right. So those three things should have been focused on for Juneteenth. Right. Now, since that conversation, we talked about not only Juneteenth, but we talked about general order number three. Yes. And we wondered whether or not people actually knew what was in general order number three other than just to recite what people have been saying to us. True. And then we decided that tonight we are going to talk about a series that we that was brought to our attention by PBS. Mm-hmm. And that's Talking Black in America. Right. So before we get started, if you will allow me to, mm-hmm. I would like to read General Order Number 3. Please. So that our listeners who have not gotten the chance to listen to it, will get a chance to say, for the first time, I've heard the words of General Order Number 3. Right. So one, I want to bring attention. I want to kind of paint in everybody's mind. We think about everything as a text or as something typewritten. Mm -hmm. One, we have to consider that this was handwritten. Number two, we have to realize that there was no speech given. There was no public announcement made concerning general order number three. Number three, they have to realize the general order was posted for people to find and read. So there still was a delay on what people understood, what they learned about general order number three. So I want to make sure I paint that image in everybody's mind. That's important. Okay. So here it is. From the headquarters district of Texas, Galveston, Texas, June 19th, 1865. General order number three. The people of Texas are informed that in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, All slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves, 
and the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. The freedmen are advised to remain quietly at their present homes and work for wages. They are informed that they will not be allowed to collect at military posts and that they will not be supported in idleness either there or elsewhere by order of Major General Granger, F.W. Emery, Major A.A. General. So, Martha, what did you get out of that? That you're still enslaved. Yeah. I mean, you know, word salad. Mm -hmm. We have throughout history watched people make word salad. Mm -hmm. That sounds good on the surface, but when you dig deep to the meaning of it, you find that you are no further along than you thought you were, and that sometimes you're further behind. That order didn't do anything except stay in place, mm -hmm. still under control of whoever owned you. And the only exception is it mentions that you'll get wages. But no one was saying that we we're going to enforce that you get wages. So to me, the order that everyone is happily tying to Juneteenth is disastrous for the people of Texas and for black people in general. Right, because it's like everything yeah. else. You know, the 40 acres and a mule, all of that was mm -hmm. rescinded. Mm -hmm. And you were saying, give them back their property, give everything back, and we compensated southern plantation owners, gave them back land, compensated them for money they lost, and now we're saying that, hey, on June 19th, 1865, you are being told that you're free, but just automatically you're going to go from slave, from master to slave to employer to employee. Right. Like that's going Which to happen. really still enslaved. And then say, it didn't say, I encourage you to stay. Say, you will no, stay. You will. You will. It's an order. That's right. You will stay where you are. So we now understand what took place after slavery when the police was created by paddy mm -hmm. rollers that mm -hmm. found African Africans in America, men, and said they were being idle, put them in jail, but loaned them out for free labor. That's right. See, it all of this status. makes sense. It makes sense because it's the status quo. Mm -hmm. The word salad tries to imply something different, mm -hmm. but the actual meaning is no different than what was previous. Yeah. You are still kept captive. You're still kept under the thumb or control of someone. So where is your freedom? So it is the where same is as the emancipation. That's right. Where, that's right. Where's your emancipation? It's the, the same of the emancipation. That's right. That's right. 
The Emancipation so, of 1863 was the exact same of General Order Number 3. That's right. You will only be free once you become under the control of the, of the Union. That's right. So you didn't emancipate anybody. And it's, and it's even crueler because we both know that they pulled federal troops out of the South. Mm-hmm leaving African-Americans to be the prey of anybody who wanted to take advantage of them. Mm -hmm. So it's even more heinous. But we're not calling anyone on this. We don't don't know this knowledge. We don't know it. No, we don't. Not as a total group of people. We don't know this. No, we don't. We don't understand what we read. No. Because everybody treats Juneteenth as a wonderful event because of this order. Mm -hmm. But when you dig deep and you read it and you listen to the carefully to the words, pay attention. Mm -hmm. You find that the words do not carry freedom in there. Right. I don't see freedom in that order. No. Anything that is put out with a caveat or a footnote that says there can be some possibility of this being reversed or altered, then that document no longer stands for what it originally says it stands for. Right. And that's what we fail to recognize when we read documents, when we listen to something and we take word of mouth and unfortunately we don't understand the impact that it has on you until it's too late but isn't it a replay of indentured to slaves (laughs) then from slaves to indentured it's a pattern pattern. it was determined that we were never going to have equality you were never going to have we were never going to have liberty That's right. You're never going to have control of your freedom. Right. You're always going to be our worker. That's right. You're always going to be on the bottom rung, slaving, uh, tied to the land, and working. What's missing in all of those documents, whether you're looking at emancipation, I mean, it does not speak of citizenship, total citizenship. Right with all of its rights and privileges. Right. There's always a but clause there mm-hmm. that says there's an exception. The so, exception for General Order 3 is you'll get some wages. Right. The exception for the 14th Amendment is that if you commit a crime. That's right. You're a slave. <laughs> okay. So the exception kind of cancels out the actual document, doesn't mm-hmm. it? It sure does. At least in my thinking it does. It, it does. It, it, I mean, the same definition stayed in place mm-hmm. that constituted the institution of slavery. Yes. Except for the 14th Amendment, say it, except for when you become a a criminal. 
That's right. And you can easily become a criminal because we control how we can treat the law to call you a criminal. And we can say that because of your idle living, just perceived. Yep. If it is perceived that you are being idle. Right. You can be arrested. That's right. And put in a chain gang. So that's where we are. We we've covered these things in, in this amount of time. And now yes, we're we here have. we are now about to go through another celebration. Well that had nothing to do some, with us. Some, some of us some of us want to go through that celebration. Yeah. I will say we should have paid attention to Frederick Douglass mm-hmm. when he did his very provocative speech, mm-hmm. what is the 4th of July to the Negro? Right. People would do well to to look up that speech and read it. It's very lengthy. Mm-hmm. But it was apparent to even Frederick Douglass that all the things done did not equate to equal citizenship, did not equate to equalness. And so the fight continues. The struggle that we do today is only an extension of the struggle that the ancestors did years ago. Now, when it comes to Frederick Douglass, I always say to people, who's better able to tell you about an event? Is it the person who was there or the person who's reading about it? Right. Frederick Douglass was there. Right. If Frederick Douglass said that we should not honor the 4th of July based on these reasons, right. doesn't he have more weight to what he's saying than someone who wasn't there? Here's a guy who wasn't an escaped slave. And now he's this person who's going around speaking and being truthful and honest about the institution of slavery and about the 4th of July, the impact it had on Africans in America. That's right. And we shouldn't forget that he worked for the abolition movement. Mm -hmm. So he knew from the inside out the efforts. So yes, his words should carry more weight but we don't pay attention. So we're going to celebrate tomorrow right after the Supreme Court went into this holiday sending a message. Between oh, Juneteenth between yep. Juneteenth and the 4th of July, the, the Supreme Court has stated we're not going to acknowledge LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. We're not going to provide protection. Right. Right. Then he's, mm-hmm. then they're voted to renege on affirmative action. Yep, they reversed it. They reversed it. So the Supreme Court today is what they're what they're doing right now. They're behaving the same way as the Supreme Court that supported the Constitution in 1787. 
they're acting almost like the descendants of which they are, some of them, of the secessionists. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Civil War was fought to ensure that a certain segment of society, namely African Americans, were kept enslaved. So, Martha, we moved all the way up the ladder now. We've moved all the way up the ladder. We've touched on this. We've touched on that. We have moved up the ladder. Now, we have about eight minutes to kick off our discussion. Now, I'm going to say kick off our discussion because we're definitely going to add this to the next session. Yes. But let's kick off this discussion about the PBS documentary we saw mm-hmm. talking black in America. And I'll add to that, Frank, if you don't mind, there's more than one segment. The segment we watched was Roots. Right. Yeah. Right. So let's let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. I would like to leave it for you to to open it up on what you saw, what you think about it, why it is important for us to pay attention to it. Okay, you know, the documentary is exceptional because it covered the viewpoint of the slave trade from the point of view of Africans who were in Ghana or in the state of the countries that participated in the slave trade. And to be honest, I had never really considered other than to say, Yep, you're responsible for me being here because you made sure I got on that boat. But I never thought about their particular viewpoint. And this particular series actually opened the door for us to see, from their perspective, they were also impacted Mm -hmm. by the slave trade. You know, I, I, I said to you earlier that as it opened... It shows you the coast of West Africa. And that coast has always been intriguing to me because it always seems like it's veiled in mist Mm -hmm. and fog. And it's simply because of the ocean meeting the heat of the uh, land that it creates this misty feeling. And that seems to harbor the, the sadness that we would always witness when we think of the transportation of us as a people from one continent to another. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to talk in depth about that particular series because not only did they acknowledge its impact, but they showed areas which we I had not seen before that were linked to the slave trade and that showed the stopping points that people had to make before they even were taken into the door of no return. Hmm. I don't know if you saw that. And I also saw the connection sometimes that I felt between the singing, which was uh, very familiar to me, even though the language itself was not. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I think we're going to have to talk about in depth that series and what Africans 
are now coming to realize how the slave trade impacted not only the loss of us, but themselves. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. And I would like to add mm-hmm. that we, we they, they talked about culture, mm-hmm. uh, culture and language. Mm-hmm. And I was able to I, I was able to really understand that portion of it because I grew up in the 60s during the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. And I know how, you know, through segregation, how we were communi- communicating and what right. that communication meant and how I perceive it today because you said that you and I are lucky because we represent the old and the new. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like the Old Testament and the New Testament. We got a chance to live in both. Yes. And so we can make an assessment based on those on those things. But as I said to you before that I wanted to share a short story with you concerning this basic thing of talking black in America. Right. I grew up in the South. I grew up, and it didn't happen only in the South. But I'm saying I grew up in the South. Mm-hmm. And we had to, we used different words. We used language in the neighborhood to be able to talk about people and talk about situations without someone understanding what we were talking about. Right. And... When I was in Korea, I remember standing standing alongside of some young African-American soldiers. And they were not in uniform, so they were, you know, kind of free to carry on their style of, of communicating. Mm-hmm. And believe me, I was lost. I didn't know what they were saying. When I walked away from them, I questioned myself. I literally wondered if I thought that I was too good. Did I move on? Did I change myself? Did I perfect myself in such a way to where I could no longer communicate with my own people? I really felt bad. Mm-hmm. You know? And... It it is a culture, but what came out of this whole segment was that everything we are, everything that represents who we are from our head to our toes, we are told to dislike it. Yes. And we try to modify it from our hair to our toenails. We try to modify it. And there's no demand placed on any other ethnic group like the the demand that has been placed on African-Americans. Don't like your hair. To be different. Don't like your hair. But yet, other people want your hair. But we are not supposed to like our hair. We're not supposed to like our skin color. Right. And we do everything we can to be ashamed of it. How dark you are. 
mm-hmm. how light you are. We have we cover <laughs> we cover every color you can think of. Yes, we do. But we settle for black. Yes. And we would prefer to follow a color code than to follow an ethnicity. Because we don't, we're not familiar with ethnicity, but we have been drilled to understand color. Mm-hmm. We've been indoctrinated to accept, just like the rest of the world, this color coding. Instead of seeing people as human beings from a particular country, we drill down to separating them by color, an artificial definition of race. The whole world has bought into that. Because why? It makes one person feel superior over another. Okay, so... Martha, we're going to cut off here. We got to cut it. We got to cut it. But we'll get back it's to... It's a great way to come back out. in. <laughs> We've got a way to come back in. We've got a great way to come back in. Yes, we do. So close us out, Martha. I'm going to tell everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for being patient enough and following up on our discussions by asking questions and giving comments. And we're always going to tell you that we're always listening for you. And we're going to say to everyone out there that we always love you. We love you. We're always going to say without closing that we want you to always be good. Be good.